Welcome to episode 58 of the Hockey House Podcast presented by Optimex Sports. I'm your host, Mackenzie Murphy, joined alongside by Colin Fitzgerald, Stephen Glick, and our executive producer, David Herman, as we bring you all the latest news from around the ACHA and the CHF. We've got a very special episode today. We're doing our ACHA National Tournament Preview, as well as an interview with our friend John Schuerbauer from Optimex Sports. Lots of exciting things happening this time of year. Glick and Fitz, a year ago, at this time, you and I were scrambling to do research and trying to figure out who was even going to the national tournaments, where those national tournaments were even being played, what teams were flying there with their sticks, what teams were waiting for them at the airport. The, the ACHA looks a lot different now than it, than it did at this point last year. We're excited once again to be bringing everyone listening the, the best coverage we can provide and uh, very excited this time of year. Herm, how was your weekend? It was solid. Boys in the, in the call know that I'm kind of a geek when it comes to stuff. Um, one of the things I am a geek about is professional wrestling and AEW held a pay-per-view last night that I thoroughly enjoyed so that is how I spent my Sunday night that's electric that's the kind of enthusiasm we want that's that's what we want to get fired up for heading into nationals fire me up in the fed fits how was your weekend it was good it was it was basically wrestling on ice last night against Watertown I think there was five fights we had it was a three-game series against them this weekend Friday Saturday Sunday four fights Friday three Saturday and then five yesterday a lot of blood spilt but the boys took two or three from Watertown so it was Things are changing. We're, we're figuring things out. We're able to, to hang with them now, and it's it's perfect, you know, coming up with uh, playoffs here in about a month. So the, the boys are firing on all cylinders. I think we just have we have a new segment. Not only do we have Glick's Blowout of the Week presented by ACHA Burgers, I think we have fired up in the Fed with Fitz to kick off the show here. The fans love the Fed news. They, they live for it. So I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Glick, pretty quiet weekend in Temple, I imagine. Yeah, definitely a lot more relaxing we can compare it to Fitz. You know, we had spring break this past week, so I got a chance to go home and see my family and just this past weekend spent last couple of, you know, days with my family, got to move back into school, excited to finish off the rest of the spring semester. Any of the guys on your team go anywhere exciting? I know a couple guys went down to Florida and all over the place, but I personally just kind of stayed at home, unfortunately. Yeah, we're getting ready for for spring break here. It's like I got sewered. Like all of my roommates had like their midterms last week and it got to enjoy the weekend. And I also went out and enjoyed the weekend. But like they're like barely going to class this week. And I'm like staying up until two in the morning every night trying to get group projects done and all that stuff. So it's not that much fun for me. But looking forward to heading down to St. Louis here and uh, covering the greatest league on earth. The lead, Herm and I are heading down to St. Louis. We've said this a couple episodes now, but if you guys are going to the tournament if your team is going if you're going to root for a team if you're just going to check it out because you're like us and you're nerds about it feel free to say hi to us shoot us a dm where when you're going to be there what rink you're going to be on because we want to say hi to as many people as we can while we're down there the really big question is our apparel going to be in in time murph this is the live question i have no idea whether we're going to be wearing apparel or not it was late saturday night i got an email at like 10 o'clock on a saturday night which is weird from a screen printing vendor but it was the invoice and it said it was going to be due on Wednesday. So I emailed them again today and said, hey, I'm going to the airport at four o'clock. I would like to pick up my order on the way because the place is right near the airport. So I'm hoping it's going to work out. I will put some pressure on them tomorrow to make sure that that is on the up and up because, you know, we did pay a little extra money to make sure this was ready in time. So I will be asking for a refund if it is not ready on time. Yeah, we're, we're super excited. There was some action this past weekend, though. Georgia captured the first ever College Hockey South title. They defeated 
defeated Florida Atlantic in the final. Kansas beat Mizzou in game two of the Border War. A little interleague action. We had UNLV taking on D2 Oregon. The Rebels won 2-1 to on Friday night and then 5-2 to on Saturday. The Estrada brothers faced off in that one. That's Dom for Oregon and Zeke for UNLV. There's some cool photos out of this one. The two of them did a lap together uh, after the second game. It was the last game of Dom's collegiate career. Um, as the Ducks were eliminated from D2 contention the weekend before. Cool to see. I mean, close games. Oregon's moving up to D1. Seems like they're going to be a perfect fit out West and gives a, a team like UNLV a, a nice place to travel on the West Coast. The photos were gorgeous, but I think it is clear that Oregon has the best jerseys in all of college hockey. By far the best, especially now that they have the green gloves, the green pants, and the green helmets. I don't think there's anybody close. I would argue that the, the Syracuse orange jerseys are second, but I don't even think they're close to to sniffing what the Oregon Ducks have going on in terms of what Rebirth did for those guys. And any counterpoints there? I don't think that it's possible to have a counterpoint. I mean, they're, they're just such sick jerseys. And UNLV was rocking their new third jerseys, the red ones too, so it was a nice, colorful matchup. In other news, Liberty and Maryville are squaring off on Tuesday. By the time this is released, this game will have already happened, but interesting to see the Flames heading to St. Louis a little early, get a game in against Maryville so both teams can get prepped for their games. I mean, Liberty doesn't have to play until the 12th, but Maryville is going to play in the first round against JCU. We'll get to that in a moment. We're going to do the D1 preview after our interview with Shuey, but we'll get into it here with some storylines in, in men's division three, Hope College is the number one seed and they are the defending champions. The Flying Dutchman took home the national title last year on home ice in Michigan. And uh, we're looking forward to a really exciting division three tournament this year. Some of the teams to look out for GVSU, Grand Valley State. Uh, Florida Gulf Coast D3 team is also going to be here. Arkansas is the number four seed. They were the runner up last year. The Razorbacks have also been pretty hot this year. The only D3 team that they've lost to is Missouri State. Um, another team to look out for is New Mexico. And I want to give it a shout out to Dartmouth College from the home state, the Granite State. Those guys are heading down to nationals and they're pretty fired up about it. And then as always, I'd say watch out for Central Michigan. They're always a powerhouse when it comes to D3 ACHA. Brendan Martin was a huge beauty, so I hope he gets to bring home or has the opportunity to bring home a national title. Uh, moving on to women's D2. Some of the top seeds here. Uh, there's four of them. Northeastern, Navy, Lake Superior State, and Assiniboine. Sorry, Herm hadn't said it in a while, so I forgot how you're supposed to say it. He correctly hit that pronunciation. It takes me about eight minutes to read that and process it before I can say it. Those are the ladies from Manitoba who are crossing the border to come down to St. Louis and battle for the ACHA Women's D2 title. The defending champion, there is none. These women did not have the chance to play for a national tournament last year, only the women's division one playing for a title. In men's division two, the action heats up. This is one uh, that is going to be highly contested here. We talked about it, how tough it is to get here through the regionals. The number one seeds, though, are you, Mary, UMass. Lindenwood and Florida Gulf Coast. You marry as your defending champion. They'll have one crack at it this year and then another next year before they make the jump to Division One ACHA. I know a team we probably predicted to be in this spot was NC State. They are not here. They were eliminated in the regional tournament by Penn. In my opinion, I think Pool B is the toughest here. Pool B has Iowa State, Providence, Florida Gulf Coast, and Bentley. I think Providence, Florida Gulf Coast, and Iowa are all teams that could give you Mary a run for their money. So I like I like the winner of Pool B. Pool A has UNH, Liberty, Montana State, and Lindenwood as well. Pool C has Trine, Ohio State, Dakota College, Botno, UMass, and then Pool D, you Mary, Northeastern, Indiana, and Wisconsin. 
Fitz, what do you think of Pool D here? I think the Hoosiers got a tough draw with you, Mary, being in there. I mean, I think they've really shown shown they can hang with the, the the big guns coming out of that regional especially really dominating actually in, in most of their games and then I, I also think they've had some really good goaltending and if you can get a hot goaltender in in a tournament like this you go on a run and all of a sudden you, you find yourself in the chipper and anything can happen yeah it is really interesting it is not one game elimination but it might as well be in the d2 tournament because the top team from each pool moves on to the final four so you really control your own fate if you just win out um, there are, does go into some tiebreaker options if need be, but yeah, you got to win your pool. Uh, so the best team from each pool moves on. No, I, I think the, the D2 tournament is going to be very exciting. I think it was by far the most exciting one last year, just because of the quality of feed that they had out in North Dakota and the fans too. Remember, this was one of the only tournaments that had fans last year. By the time Hope College got to the finals of the D3 tournament, they were packing that place too, but I think uh, a lot of eyes were on the D2 tournament last year, and I, and I hope it's the same this year. Moving on to women's Division One, uh, the top seed is Liberty, and they're the defending champions as well. Liberty is the one seed, followed by Midland at two. Those two teams uh, receive first-round buys. Six seed, Indiana Tech. Seven, UMass. Five, Lindenwood. Eight, McKendry. Number four, Adrian is going to take on number nine, Maryville. And then three, Minot State taking on the University of Colorado. That is your women's Division One bracket. A lot of teams to choose from here. Liberty is just a dominant force in women's Division One ACHA. They seem to be in it every year. If you go to the LaHaye and see all those national tournament banners, they are the ones responsible for those. So I think it's easy to to look at Liberty as as the team to beat in Division One. That rounds it out. We are going to cover the Division One tournament when we get back from our interview. One of the best interviews we've done. Great guy, Shuey. We've had the chance to to meet him over the past couple of months and work with him. Former teammate of Fitz's. Fitz, how would you introduce Shuey here? He's one of the smartest guys I've ever met. And also one of the the best teammates I've ever been around. Big locker room guy. Honestly, for where I am right now, I, I owe a lot to him. I don't think there's a, a better guy we could have on board with us and um, a better interview you could have coming up here. Yeah, and you referred to him as a locker room guy, but you'll hear it in the interview. We did come up with a new phrase for Shuey. Um, about halfway through the interview. So be sure to check it out and use that one on your teammates. But that interview with John Schubauer is coming up next on the Hockey House Pod. We're pleased to be joined by former Indiana Hoosier and Optum X Sports founder and president of operations, John Schubauer. Shuey, welcome to the Hockey House. Happy to have you here. You know, I'm sure Fitz is fired up to get a former teammate and Hoosier on the podcast. It's been a while since we had one. What have you been up to lately? How you been doing? Been doing great, Murph. Just, you know, just been working a lot of different things. Graduated, you know, some time ago, but just been working with the ACHA and, and CHF in, in the meantime, so... Yeah, we'll, we'll dive into the career in, in a bit, but we want to learn about your hockey background to start here. So tell us where you grew up playing hockey and, and what eventually led you to Indiana. So I grew up in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, I started playing like most people do at, at age three. Started way back um, in a smaller town in Greenwood. Played for this organization called the South Stars. I think they're still around. Um, very small community, just in that in the area that I communicated earlier in Greenwood. Our, our rink, funny enough, was basically a, a recreation center. It was just this giant 
pool, you know, with a rink attached to it. Really goofy place to, to get started. Um, but I played most of my playing career in that rink. It's called Perry Park. I think the Hoosiers have actually played there a couple of times, probably by mistake. <laughs> no, and so I, I played in high school. I played some U16, played U18, the whole thing. Um, it was all in Indianapolis. You know, one thing led to another and I started playing IU hockey um, sometime in my junior year, actually. So I took a break from hockey from a couple of years and I did that mostly to get my academics straight and, and get, you know, get really kind of like hyper-focused in college. And unfortunately, I was like that for my first couple of years. And then, you know, once, you know, once I, I, I felt like safe enough to, to start, I, I wanted to play hockey again. And I joined uh, IU Hockey. Um, yeah, I contacted a really good friend of mine, Jason Manley. I, I played with him all the way, you know, from the time I was three. And, and we started, uh, we, I, I just pretty much begged the coach to just let me play. <laughs> I missed I missed a tryout, so I almost actually didn't end up playing hockey my entire college career. Um, had I not reached out to that coach through email, I wouldn't have even been able to play hockey um, in college. So it was it's kind of I just took a leap of faith and ended up working out, and I played uh, my last two years of undergrad and my and the rest of my graduate school years and. The rest was history. It's pretty crazy, too, because you think if he doesn't let you play hockey, we're probably not sitting here today with all the exciting news that we have on this show. It's just one of those. I look back on it. and It's just one of those scenarios that it, it really was a life changing event because I never I, if I didn't do that, I never meet Fitzy. I never meet this group of guys it, like it, it really does kind of like give me a lot of, of just retrospect and introspective thinking on, you know, had, had I not gone through that, a lot of things in my life wouldn't have happened. So I'm grateful that it worked out. <laughs> Once you join the team at IU, what is your first introduction to the ACHA? What is your welcome to the ACHA moment? Oh man, a buddy of mine, you guys had him on this show, my buddy Christian Sherman. I joined the, the practice somewhat late. I'm playing in, in the penalty kill. I'm just simulating the penalty kill. I, I see Christian Sherman, his head's going down, you know, as he's skating across the ice. When you play in Indiana hockey, preferably the, the high school league, it's not like great hockey. Like you're not exactly playing against the best, right? And so when you he ran into those bigger guys in, in high school hockey, um, at least in Indiana. If you caught him with your head down, didn't matter how big you were. And I'm not a big guy. I'm like five foot eight, you know, and 150 some pounds. So like if you caught some of those guys and you were a good skater, you could really light up some of those bigger guys. Well, I thought the thing, the same thing could happen with Sherman. And I tried to, I, I caught him with his head down. He looks up at the last second and just completely mows me over. Completely dislocated my shoulder. My first play in the ACHA, it wasn't even at a game. It was out for like two weeks completely just like cracked my shoulder right into first play. So that was my introduction to the ACHA, unfortunately. But I got over it. He was, you know, and, and it ended up working out and, and that was that. But uh, yeah, it was a nice welcome. Nice warm welcome to the IU hockey community. What is that conversation like with coach after you just begged him to let you play and now you're getting hurt in your first practice? Well, he was just like, you want me to call an ambulance? And I was just like, no, man, I'm all right. I'm all right. Just trying to act like a, I was just going to tough out a, a hurt shoulder. <laughs> I was acting like a complete lunatic, to be really honest. <laughs> Before I turn it over to Fitz, what are some of those memories from your first season besides the fact of, of getting hurt on the PK right away? But what are some things that you took away from that first year in the ACHA? Just how different the playing was. Um, like I said before, you know, I, I played in Indiana most of my life. I had never ran into competition like like what I'd seen initially. Um, we had some of the guys that had previously played in the USHL. Um, there was a couple guys that played in the NA. Um, you know, I, I had never experienced that. So the level of play was super intimidating right from the get-go. You know, after a while, it's just like, you know what, hang in there and you'll be able to make this work. So, and I did. <laughs> All right, Chewy, now it's time to grill you. Oh, grill you with the good questions. There we go. 
Yeah. So well, Fitz is a, a former teammate of mine. This is a, a point of reference. So. Oh, yeah. It's great to have you on, Shuey. I just wanted to say before before we dive into things, Shuey's really a big reason that I'm um, I'm playing in the Fed right now. We got together this past summer, and I was just you know kind of lost with with what I wanted to do in life. And we met up downtown Chicago, and uh, I got to see you know a little bit of what his job's like day to day with with Chegg and you know, his his actual corporate job. But he you know just told me that I was you know too good a player to to let it stop you know just at, at a CHA and the way things ended with COVID and everything, you not not really getting to play. Um, Shuey was a, a big reason that, you know, I, I continued and gave this a shot and why I'm out here playing now. So big shout out, Shuey. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll always believe that. <laughs> so keep it up, Fitz, and keep, keep, rocking the, keep rocking the FHL. Absolutely. All right. So the first thing I got on my list when Murph said to put together oh some questions, <laughs> I don't know if it's a question. It's more of like when I first met you, it's my initial, initial shoey memory. And it was at tryouts at, at Columbus, Indiana. I was just completely gassed. I think it was day two or three. And I hadn't even seen you out there yet. Like, I, I don't know where you came from, but you were not there for like like a half or th- a three-fourths of the, the skate. We were just scrimmaging the whole time. This is back when, when Coach Lint is picking the team. If anyone listened to the Sherm interview, Coach Lint is the alias. But yeah, my, it definitely my, doesn't, doesn't give away the name at all. Not at all. Not at all. There's definitely not a C in front of the L-I-N-T. Definitely not. <laughs> but, but so... I'm I'm completely gassed. We're, we've been scrimmaging like the whole time. I you know I thought I was doing pretty well. I'm like okay, you know that this is ACHA. Uh, you know I, I should be fine. Like it's you know it's not it's I can handle this. One of my shifts towards the end of the practice, you come out of nowhere in a green jersey. Nobody else was in a green jersey, and you're just zooming, just just zooming. Take the puck from me. You go down and you score. And I was just like, <laughs> what just happened? Where did this guy come from? Like, I've been, I've been playing all day. I was just starting to feel comfortable. You came out of nowhere. I, I don't know what happened that day. I don't know if you were, you just showed up late. Shuey, you made me second guess my whole decision to play ACHA hockey right there. Well, to be, to be really honest, that's, that's one of the most shocking things I've ever heard. <laughs> for for my, my playing career, especially. That's 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 comical. Um, but no, man, Um, actually, that's just for a little bit of context there. Honestly, it was a miracle that I could even play hockey during that, that point. I had just gotten accepted in the graduate school not even a week ago typically you get accepted during a point like way later but it happened in the summer like just have sheer luck because typically you got to have like a lot of experience and here I and I was in the middle of moving myself back in IU I wasn't even expecting to be in IU so that was the context of where I was at I had no expectation of even being able to uh, actually be on the rink but there I was and that was the reason obviously I came in late still had some some gas in the tank that was probably the one time I ever could take the puck away from Fitzy by the way so probably my whole career uh so well you had my head spinning i was like where did this guy come from that this guy's gonna be like unreal he's just zooming out here (laughs) another core memory for me my first away games um as a freshman i got to room with you i don't know if you remember this at all i don't even know where we were we talked literally the whole entire night i think we slept for maybe an hour (laughs) yeah and you taught me like so much about you know how indiana works just life in general how did you like get to be so driven and I guess smart in general. <laughs> well, I some people think I'm smart. You know, it's I think that's all subjective. I, I don't know. I, I think I just I think I have a tendency just to talk too much and and you know after after spitballing so much, you know, eventually something makes sense. <laughs> 
if you'd be talking enough, some of that will have to make sense at, at some point. Maybe not all the time. So maybe that's that's part of it. And speaking of smart, I made sure to do my due diligence in the background over here. Yeah, I found that ResearchGate page of yours with all of those <laughs> things that you've oh, published. Oh, no. <laughs> so I'm not going to go into making democracy harder to hack, assessment of election security efforts in the Pacific Island. But this guy over here, if we're not really making it clear, is a serious, serious academic weapon. Yeah. So, so it looks like Dave did a little bit of, of research on my uh, my graduate school dissertation. This is an interesting time, graduate school. Um, but to, to the same point, Fitz, I think I think I just took a, some time to just you know internalize some things. If you do that just once, it, it, you know it'll it'll just do a lot of different things for your life. So I think it's part of it. But to what David had, had mentioned, I actually there's a, there's a, a really pretty neat story with with that paper, David, that you mentioned. I got to travel to Australia and and actually present it to, to members of the Australian Parliament, and it was no um, earning from my own doing. It was mostly due to the, the faculty advisor that was present, you know, for that dissertation. All around, just kind of nutty experience. Just a whole, like the whole graduate school experience all around. Playing hockey, doing all that. It was pretty fortunate. And all just from a matter of, of a few things that just happened that were completely out of my control. So, pretty fortunate. Shuey, you mentioned earlier about what it took. You, you knew going into college that you wanted to, you know, set the foundation and before you got back into hockey. I'm sure a lot of guys are listening to this and, and it is stressful to balance the two. What are some like academic strategies that you were practicing very early on in your college career that made it easy to play hockey and keep up with your studies? Yeah, yeah. So, so this one's really simple. So I actually, maybe Fitz, you, you may have remembered this a little bit, but I took, I took some individuals on our team at the beginning of the year, some youngsters, um, and I took them to the library. But, you know, as, as you know, Fitz, the library can be very distracting depending on which wing you're in. I made it a point just to remove any form of distraction. I would go to this this area called the West Wing, um, and there's and it's just, the West Wing is the older side of the library. I would go upstairs in this floor and just sit myself down, put my phone in my bag. I told the boys that I was with um, that were struggling a little bit in the academic area to just put their phone in their backpack. Don't take it out. You, you sit there and read for a good hour. You take 10 minutes, and then you just get back to it. Um, it all sounds simple, I guess, in, in the context, it kind of is. But on the other end of it, you have to have discipline. So I think setting yourself up to have that discipline is probably the most important thing. There's no distractions in that area that I was at. No one's talking. It's all quiet. So and if you just remove your distractions, you're more likely to to be disciplined, um, you know, in that in that regard. So we, we talk about it all the time, being a good locker room guy. I think you are like the definition of a good library guy. You were taking the, the rookies <laughs> to the library and showing them if they want to want a spot on the team they got it better do well in the classroom and i'm really proud of the, the two youngsters that i that i took in in the library they're doing really well now i attribute a part of that to, to you know to their own just some of the habits that you know that we worked on together and yeah i i i prefer the the, the library guy as opposed to the the locker room guy i think that's be, that's more fitting <laughs> so all right let's get back to the to the hockey talk Oh yeah, that's a good one. So this was my freshman year when Coach Lint was no longer the coach. Three former players had taken over as coaches. We're at a home game. You're supposed to have, you know, the home team provides the trainer for, at least that's how it was for Indiana and our league. I don't know who we were playing, but they had a guy that, you know, got seriously kind of, you know, lit up by the boards. And I remember they needed to like have his head checked. Like he might have a concussion. And we didn't didn't pay for, you know, the trainer to show up per usual. <laughs> we had things just not the most organized. So Shuey, do you remember that you had to go over and you had to pose as a trainer and you literally are checking this guy as if you're some medical trainer? Yeah, I, I do, unfortunately. Pretty 
nutty stuff. During that time, I barely even said anything. I just kind of like did some mannerisms, like, you know, basically the just a common courtesy of saying, are you OK, man? <laughs> and and, uh, and that was the extent of it. No medical, no medical profession. No, no, uh, no medical advice. Just like, are you OK? <laughs> uh, are you going to need an ambulance? <laughs> That was the extent of it. So um, that was our, uh, I was the med crew for, for a, a time. Pretty interesting stuff. Never expected to be in that position. <laughs> Were you in full jersey doing this? No, I, I don't remember being, I was just, I was like in a suit. So that was the other thing too. I wasn't in hockey pads. I was in like a full suit. So I looked like, I guess I kind of looked apart, but like, you know, minus the fact that I was like 22. There was no trainer. You were the team doctor. It was more official than having a trainer there. I, I guess so. If, 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 if doctors wear suits now at the, at the rink, <laughs> but it was, uh, it was pretty nutty stuff. I, it was just, just all around weird. And we probably broke some violations too. Um, when that was happening, some, some ACHA and just general health regulations. But anyway, I'll digress. I think a lot of we, we broke a lot of violations that year. <laughs> yeah. Another wacky, nutty situation. I don't remember which year this was for me. It was easily top five on my list of things that happened in the ACHA for me while I was at Indiana. We had a goalie go down and we only had two oh, goalies. No. <laughs> oh, geez. And you need to have, you know, a backup goalie part of the ACHA rules. You need to have a backup goalie on the bench. Shuey volunteers to suit up, and he's the backup tending in our second game against these guys at home, and he took warm-up shots. It was the funniest <laughs> thing ever. Yeah, it, it was It was very, uh, well, you know, I have a much better appreciation for goalies because, um, man, that's, that stuff's scary. I mean, you're, you're in full gear, but you're, you're still, like, freaked out. Like, you got some kids that can really, you know, really have some hard clappers as well, and, and everyone's laughing about it, too, and and going to static. I wanted to try it. So I, I'm, I'm dressed up as the goalie, right? And I'm skating around and I'm just, I'm just living it up in, in this goalie gear. And I, and I stretch, you know, we're, we're a goalie stretch. And this kid looks at me, it's the, he's the other goalie on the team. And he's just like, you're not, you're not the goaltender, huh? Wait, there's, there's, there's no way, there's no way you're a goalie in, in this situation. Just pretty much just, and I'm just like, any tips? He's <laughs> just like, just stay in the net, <laughs> just stay in the net and don't move. Yeah. A really awkward situation. Um, to be really honest with you, Fitz, I feel like I was the only one willing to do it at the time. There were some other individuals that probably could have done it, but you know, we had some individuals that, uh, that weren't team players all the time, even when they, even when they could be. <laughs> like Murph said, big, big library guy, big locker room guy. Yeah, this is an interesting time. A very wacky scenario. Wouldn't do it again. Wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> I mean, Chewy, now we've heard you're the library guy. You're the emergency <laughs> backup goalie. Like, yeah. w- were you involved in the in the process of like actually running the club at all in your time at IU? No, I, not directly. I, I mean, I did a lot of behind the scenes work. I'd give a lot of unsolicited advice, but I'm sure some people didn't always appreciate. I did a little bit of it all, to be really honest, but nothing directly. Um, I'd give my input, and and that was the extent of it. You know. Now, I wish I could have been a part of that, but realistically, um, graduate school kind of just got in the way of something like that. And I, I ran a couple times, but like I said, it, you know, in hindsight, it would have, it probably wouldn't have gone as well as I was expecting. There's just a lot going on. So, all right. Initial thoughts on my Chrome cage when I first showed up the tryouts. <laughs> Very dusty. I'm so I'm so glad that you you got that fixed. Uh, it didn't take long either. But you know, Fitz, uh, believe me, um, when I showed up in the ACHA, much 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 worse. When I showed up first, I had something like that, but it was like rusty. Uh, my equipment was. You know, I think I'd showed up with a wooden stick. If you would have seen me show up in, in practice the way I did, the dustiest player by far in that league. There's been worse, Fitz. Much worse. <laughs> I will take great pride in the fact that Indiana. It seems like everyone's got their head on straight, and I think a lot of guys. Are 
are afraid to tell their teammates, hey, you got to get rid of that. But see, it sounds like at IU, they make sure that that is the first thing that get you get rid of as soon as you make the team. Oh man, Sherman, you know, one of my friends and players, he, he, he would just let me have it every other, every other week until I fixed it. And then I went and then, you know what? I still did me and went with a, a dusty case, you know, cage. I went with the white, the white cage instead of the black, but Hey, you know what? Screw it. I, I liked it better. I, you know, uh, I don't know. I kept it unique. So Shuey, looking at your, uh, your old Twitter profile picture here, doing a quick Google search. Did you, were you growing out the hair back then? Oh yeah. It, and I didn't even know how to take care of it, but I had this, I had a, a big, man bun i had i don't know fitz were you there for that you weren't you weren't there for that i've no? seen pictures yeah yeah i i looked like a i looked like a knight <laughs> uh, i had a ponytail a couple times it, it was great i miss it we need to bring that back uh, i mean it looks it looks great i mean this is it's the first thing you know jonathan schubauer hockey we get the first picture <laughs> in google images i miss the flow i miss it all around i never get to play hockey as much anymore but yeah the flow especially um it is so hard to manage though is everyone on this call had some flow i, I know fits you've got it rocking but man it's just it just becomes a, a haphazard after after a minute <laughs> so yeah i finally graduated to the point where i can get my hair cut now that i'm here at school and and the woman does a fantastic job it's like she knows that i'm gonna go wear a hat all day and then a hockey helmet so she keeps <laughs> it long right where i want it to be long more than happy with with what my hairdresser is doing these days i don't even think i've told you guys this but way back in middle school, yes, I had like long, long hair. Ew. Oh my gosh. I haven't even seen a picture yet and I could just picture it in my head. Yeah, it was not a good look. Regrettable. Yeah, I get a picture of that and like Photoshop it with it with the mustache. No. <laughs> and, and just get some, no. get some projections. <laughs> Jeez, that is uh, definitely not. Oh man. But no, uh, like, dude, when you grow your hair out, like no one tells you just how like difficult it is in the morning. You look like a tramp every time, or at least I did. Every time I woke up, I had to wear a hat. If I didn't have a hat, then it, it, it was just really bad. And there's a couple instances where I was just, you know, lazy to class or, or maybe, maybe I just had a, one of those good nights. It wasn't always books, you know, sometimes $2 Tuesdays, you know, 10 cent Wednesdays. Those got the better of me when I had long hair. <laughs> Uh, Shuey, what's the go-to? Are you going to Roy's? We've heard lots about it. Yeah, of course. Of course I'm going to Roy's. I think it's AMFs. That's what, that was the signature drinks and you had too many of those. You know, it's, it's just, it, it is where it is. The next day is going to be a, is going to be a casualty. We had a uh, Sherm on the pod. Yeah. He's a big Royce guy. Ever since then, my I've, I've been on Roy's TikTok since they got started. I've never stepped foot in Indiana and, and I'm, I'm like, I'm probably one of their biggest followers at this point. Yeah. It'll, it'll do that to you. Roy's is definitely one of those, one of those places. And then, uh, and then, and Roy's is really just the first destination. If you're a, a Thursday, uh, Roy's is, is, is number one and then you go to uh, the same same institution but it's called sports and, and it's uh, this, this place upstairs it's called the jungle I mean how fitting because god it is a jungle it's nothing but a jungle by that point you're like blacked out and you're you're, you're kind of are, like moving in a jungle you, you might go through a slur phase when you're up there <laughs> so if we if I was going to do an ACHA themed bar it would be called the jungle because I think the ACHA is a jungle you'll you never know what you're going to find in the ACHA before we transition to to 
uh, what you're doing now. Any other fond memories from your, your time at Indiana while you were a grad student? Yeah, you know, there's so many. I can't really point it to, to one specific, but I think over over time, the, the best part of, of that whole journey for me was his last two years. And mostly because of the way it started for me and the way it ended, not in the specific way it ended, but you know where I'm going on that one. <laughs> for context, I got knocked out in my last game. And there's a, and there's like a whole video of it. Beside that point, that's one of my more worst memories. But beside that point, the way I left it with, with the team is really my favorite memory. It, it just felt like a really good group. It wasn't near as close as when we had started. When when I left the team, I really felt like I, I could leave, you know, satisfied beyond the experience of the last game, but just like where we left the program. Um, I just felt very satisfied in where, how, where the program was headed. It's, it's more of an accumulation of memories rather than just one. Well, and the program's headed to, to regionals now. We're, uh, they're, they're ranked seven. So you've definitely, you know, we're the, the spearhead of all of that. So <laughs> I wouldn't say that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. All the, the, the upperclassmen, when I first showed up there, you know, you guys, you guys started it all. We, we were happy that we could put it, you know, get it to that point. So Shui, tell us what you do after, after grad school. What did you do for a, a couple of years and how did you ultimately find your way back to the ACHA? So I started, you know, as the atypical path, I got a corporate job. Um, I went with PwC, notably known as a as an accounting firm, but I did it. Uh, I did cybersecurity consulting for them. I did a lot of. I, I worked with a lot of different firms, mostly around privacy engineering, and that's um, that's a new topic these days. But it's it, just to frame it in in such a general way. It's it's a way in which you protect personal information or or just regular data. So you can think about emails or things of that nature. And I would advise various companies on their practices. Some of them were Fortune 500 companies. I, I transitioned to M and um, and just did the due diligence process, evaluated cybersecurity procedures um, before companies got bought. And then after that, I had shifted and got an exit opportunity to a really big ed tech platform. Some of the people on, on Hockey House have probably used it. It's, it's called Chegg. A lot of people have used it for homework, hopefully uh, not, not cheating purposes or anything like that. Just, you know, just study purposes, right? That's where I work today. Um, and so uh, I, I do a lot of what I did in, in consulting, um, but mostly, you know, in the direction of that, that first firm. So, or just really the, the general context, right? They're, they're operating procedures and, and security in that manner. So, tell us about what went into the process of, of creating Optimex Sports. Where did that idea come from, and uh, how did you get the ball rolling? So that was what I, you know, later rolled into, and and it's um, it started as a side project. The context of all that started long, long before graduate school. I, I had a project, a class project, just to make a website design for my undergrad. It was my last course in undergrad, and I made this design, and I showed it to uh, to the buddies and uh, you know on, on the hockey team and the group me and this is right before you got in their fits and they, they were all just thrilled with it and it's gone through so many iterations at this point but um, it started out as a, as a class project and and, and I want I just didn't have enough time to take it to the finish line you know get it actually up and running just because you know life happens graduate school is really tough uh, hockey you know hockey's you know it, it part of your day-to-day -day and you also want to you know drink and have fun every now and then but on the other end of it too after I had graduated um, I connected with some individuals Individuals who I'd worked with, um, some colleagues of mine, um, and they helped me get it to the, to the finish line. It was just a WordPress website at, at first. Uh, but then I was just thinking to myself, you know, this is probably going to crash because WordPress isn't built for sports. I mean, there's some sections of it that's built for sports, but not, you know, the, the main intent of WordPress and, and other companies like it, um, it's just general, right? It's not tailored specific to, to sports. It's, it's just anything you want it to be, which is great in its own respect. 
Um, but there's certain things about it that, you know, maybe if it's outdated or something of that sort, some of the libraries you use could cause some real problems. So I thought to myself, why don't we just build our, our own, you know, our own system where we won't have this problem where they have everything all set and ready to go when they just sign up. And, and that was kind of the birth of, of Optimix. That was what we were, we were looking at. And really the heart of it beyond just the company was just um, when, when I when I was looking at Indiana's website, I just didn't think it was representative of what how we wanted to represent ourselves as an organization and as players, just mainly mainly because I, I, I just thought it personified that club image, you know, and why why do that if we don't have to? Um, there's so many options and, and there's so many ways to do better. So I wanted to inherently just make something that was better by default. And, and that's kind of the, the heart of what Optimex went into. So when was the official launch date of Optimex? Because we've been working together for a couple months now, but when did you guys officially launch? Yeah, so we officially launched as a company sometime in July, and we'd gotten our first client. Our first technical client was, of course, my alumni due to the fact that they were supportive of it. It was IU. Um, but then we moved into SMU, um, at South Methodist University. Um, we'd reached out. We'd just, you know, we'd reached out by Instagram communication like we always do, um, and we just had happened to, gotten, to get lucky. We'd also connected with CMU like a week after. It was just Everything kind of just happened all at once. That was the, the launch pretext and the rest is history. Yeah, because I remember Fitz, I mean, right over the summer was like, hey, like one of my buddies, he's launching a, a website and we should really take a look at it. And of course, it's summer. We we all got a million things going on and we, we didn't really look into it. But for people who are just stumbling upon you guys now, whether it be listening to us or, or uh, you know, seeing the ads we do, you know, what is what is your top selling point right away for, for those teams that are interested in maybe revamping? their website. Why choose you guys? Yeah, it's just ease of use. When you sign up with our platform, there's nothing you really have to edit other than your theme. And you just have to put the, the roster. I think one of the biggest problems that other platforms run into, there's a little bit of some some anticipated usability fear. And and what I mean by that is basically when you sign up for something, you're, you're, you're a bit intimidated to use it because there's just so many options. There's, you know, some of the platforms that clubs will use are, are not necessarily intended for sports specifically. And so that gets a little bit more complicated if you're trying to create simple things like schedules or rosters. And then there's others, uh, other technologies that are a bit outdated. And the interface is, um, like I said before, still a little bit intimidating. Just from a feature perspective, it, it's it's really ease of use. You sign up and most of it is ready to go. Um, the schedule for the most part is, is put together. We give examples. It's all very straightforward. So you're not as intimidated. And if you're not intimidated, you're most likely to actually update your site. I think that's why there's so many sites that are just outdated too is because individuals are a little bit intimidated on how to actually use the site as well, whatever function they're using. When you were originally explaining to us, I compared it to the customization features in, in the NHL video game series. Like it makes me think of like when you go, when you're customizing a team, there's certain templates and, and you can either use those templates or you can kind of go on your own creative freedom and there's different arenas you can choose from, but it's all customizable. You use different logos, you add colors, you add photos, and you can really make it your own. Talk a little bit about, you know, as as club sports on campus, there is that issue with guys passing down accounts. We always joke that like the social media is tough to find over the summer because somebody's got the password or somebody's got the password to the email. How do you guys make that process easy for these student athletes who are running the website during the transition times? Well, so one thing that we do that's super important is managing domains. I mean, so Indiana as an example, we had this really old, nice domain. It was 
is IU Hockey. And no one had been, turns out no one had actually managed the domain. Uh, unfortunately, it expired. Sure enough, a, a Chinese bot had bought the domain like seconds after it, it became available and expired. So here we are at a point where a, a well-known established club organization loses a very old popular domain just because they weren't managing it just from that change management process. And, you know, it, it's just the nature of the game, right? People change during the organization just because people graduate. Just one thing right off the bat is that we offer the ability to, to manage the domain so that you, you don't lose your most important asset online, your URL, right? So that's one aspect and we'll, we'll manage it for you and we'll absolutely ensure that it'll never get expired and, you know, and that you still have it functioning online. The other aspect to it too is the the capability of just having all the repositories of, of data saved. It's very seamless once you have opponent libraries and, and rosters to just add individuals to the new roster right when you get started for the next season. It's, it's super easy to do. There's not a whole lot more effort to do it, you know, from there unless you have like a ton of freshmen. But other than that, everything's just saved and, and, and built in right from the get-go. So Fitz or, or Herm, feel free to chime in here, but I know from a, a player's perspective when we first were introduced to Optum X, it's 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 a home run really i know you can go into more detail about the first year being free as, a, as another huge benefit but i wanted to turn it over to fitz or herm if there's anything that we're missing in, in terms of what Optum X can provide from our standpoint fitz you're quiet <laughs> i told you man these guys drive the bus i just come up with some wiffle ball questions for instance like my grandfather we were, were playing buffalo the other day and, and he's not going to drive the the 10 hours from new hampshire to buffalo so he goes on to buffalo's website and he goes to look for the stream buffalo's website looks like it hasn't been updated since 2008 and i mean this is the university at buffalo we're talking about this is a good hockey market they're in division one and he can't find the stream and so he what he ends up doing is he goes on youtube he spends an hour on youtube then he spends an hour on their website he eventually he finds live barn and by the time he's watching the game there's eight minutes to go in the third period if they had a modern day website um it would be very easy to access where their stream was and so i, I think that's something that you guys offer that is very cool because you are doing essentially doing the same thing that we're doing on this podcast and looking to promote the product that is the acha and the chf you want to go in depth more uh shui about the the first year being free and and how you guys managed to to work that out yeah definitely the product being offered for free it was something that we wanted to do but we also felt like it was something we had to do at the same time i realized that when we had actually submitted the product sometime in summer there may have been some subscriptions that teams have already signed up for you know with some of their web solutions. I mean, you can't ask, you know, teams that are, that have uh, already a small budget to pay for two different web solutions. So part of it was necessary, but the other aspect of it too, is that I wanted people to experience our product to its fullest extent. I didn't want people to have buyer's anxiety. And so that was the other big contributing factor. Um, it's just to get that experience, get an under, just feel it out, really be convinced that, you know, the best thing in mind for ACHA teams and CHF alike. I was going to say just from our end, as we went over the product in our one-on-one -on -one demo, Shuey had an answer for pretty much every single question that I had. And Shuey, you can attest to this. I peppered you with questions. I did my due diligence and made sure that, that we were coming and prepared. Like when we have a sponsor that comes on board, we want to be 100% behind it before we put our stamp on it. Optimex is something that we truly, truly believe in. Yeah, and we, we always appreciate it. Um, we're coming from a genuine place. What 
what I would like to see from our product is the ability to, to both grow ACHA teams, but also add an additional credibility. The, the ACHA and the CHF are growing every single year. The talent pool is getting better. And, and I just get so irritated with that club stigma um, that gets so attached to it. Um, it's it's uh, especially when we have teams that, that could literally beat NCAA teams. Um, there's there's probably some NCAA Division Three teams that are terrified reputationally to play some of these ACHA teams because they know they'd get their ass kicked. I'm happy to say that completely on on, on air because <laughs> I know I know it's true. As a league, we really need to have the best digital representation put forward um, in order to be formalized. And I think that's that's one of the aspects that we're hoping to add. It's a simple step that almost every team can take. You know, whether it's Optimex or other solutions, but I, I think it's something that that's doable. You know, I mean, and can really help the league cross the board. For those uh, listening and interesting, uh, year one is free. What are your rates for the following years? After the, the trial is over, we, we offer it for $200 annually. Um, that's just a one-time fee for the year. Or if you can elect to go monthly for $19.99, we believe it's, it's the cheapest in terms of sports solution that's available today. Um, so, and we do that purposely. We're not really making a whole lot today um, with, with the product itself. We, we offer it at the lowest possible cost just so it can be accessible um, to every team. Because like we said, um, our mission is to really present the best digital representation possible for each one of these teams. Well, surely we have nothing but great things to say about OptumX. I think the, the biggest thing too that, that we've talked about is, is you guys understand it, which is the biggest thing. It's not like you guys don't know what, what club hockey is. You understand the ACHA, you understand and how club sports work. So it only makes sense that teams would consider you guys when looking to uh, improve their digital game. Is there any anything else you'd like to add before we wrap this up? Yeah, definitely. One thing that we're, you know, we want to encourage too as well is, is we want to expand the product offering. One of our biggest goals for this product is to not only represent the ACHA and CHF team in the best manner possible, but we also want to provide a means for teams to actually start earning income for their, their program. You know, this, this can do a lot of things and, and we, we anticipate accomplishing that in a number of ways. Um, we're going to be offering a, a jersey store or a merchandise store for teams. We're going to be providing the capability for ticket sales, things of that nature that just makes revenue streams accessible. Ultimately, one of the biggest problems in the ACHA is the lack of a budget. And we want to grow that for each team. Ultimately, in the future, they'll have better opportunities better opportunities for travel, you know, more qualified coaches in the league from the additional budget that they have to lead to, you know, to allocate. There's just so many things. The first thing we want to do, the, the, the most impactful thing we want to do is grow the capability of the CHF and, and the ACHA. That's just going to be done by growing the opportunities through the revenue, through the digital representation. It all kind of trickles down. So that's our main intention. That's what we're hoping to accomplish in the future. And we hope that, uh, we hope that we're able to, you know, provide it to as many teams as, as, as they are that are interested. Well, Shui, thank you for taking taking the time to meet with us. Thank you for reaching out. We love the relationship that we have going between OptumX and the Hockey House pod. Thank you for, for sharing some of your stories from your time at IU with Fitzy. We look forward to talking to you real soon. Once again, thank you to Shuey for joining us this week. That interview was presented by Shuey and Optimex Sports. Optimex Sports provides teams the opportunity to build and manage their own website. The best part, your first year is free. So be sure to check them out using our specific link in our bio. And if you're interested in signing up, please use our referral code at OptimexSports.com slash sign up. 
slash hockey house pod. I don't know if there's any more for us to say. I think Shuey covered it all, but we really love our partnership we have with Optimex Sports. And if you're looking to update your team's website, they are the people to do it with because they know exactly how the ACHA and the CHF work. You want to make sure your team is in good hands when it comes to your web design and, and they'll have you covered. Herm, you want to chime in any thoughts you have about Optimex, but I think we've really hit it on the head there. Yeah, no doubt. I said it during the interview, but uh, Shuey is, is so, so intelligent and really is driving a new force within the club hockey website space. We're so excited to partner with him. And like Fitz said before this, like great locker room guy, but library guy at heart, Shuey is. So we love having those guys on the team. Did want to touch base. We will be covering a lot of CHF on our next episode. Their national tournament is actually the weekend after the ACHA. So for those guys listening who play in the CHF, we will have some coverage going into that national tournament. But, you know, obviously with this week leading up to the hockey being played in St. Louis, we wanted to make sure to shine a, a bigger spotlight on the ACHA this week. Turn it over to Stephen Glick for the ACHA Burger Blowout of the Week. Yeah, big shout out to Herm for bringing this to my attention. But UNT beat TCU 18-3 to this past week. That's quite the blowout that is brought to you by ACHA Burgers. I mean, two touchdowns. Once again, two touchdowns, two safeties against a field goal here. Football scores. You got to love the football scores in the blowout of the week. Two football schools too. So that I guess that checks out. We'll turn it over now to, I think, what most of our listeners are here for. And we've got a good Division One preview ahead of us here the host team and number one seed lindenwood lions in their final year at the acha division one level before they make the jump to ncaa the defending champion the adrian college bulldogs a couple matchups we wanted to highlight here we got number 13 pit versus number 20 navy pit swept the midshipmen back in november these two teams are going to meet in the first round it's also a battle of the carl brothers that we had jared carl from pit on earlier in the year unfortunately being a grad student he won't be able to play uh, he has been playing in the second semester but his brother is on navy so that'll be a, a good one to watch out for and navy dropped a sick hype video today if you haven't checked that out be sure to do so because great production by the midshipmen there and then herm i, I know you're excited about this one number 15 ohio taking on number 18 niagara the purple eagles went to bird and swept the bobbies earlier in the year and it is a rematch of what would have been a first round matchup two years ago before the pandemic hit Herm, I, coincidence that the alumni team wore purple this past weekend? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it, it seems only fitting that, like, I was supposed to go down there and, and watch this game, and the universe lines up in mysterious ways. That the time that I get to go back to Nationals, it's the same first-round matchup. Crazy how it all works, you know? Yeah, like like we say uh, on the die table, die don't lie. And, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> It's true. The die don't lie. You know, if, if you got a bad throw or you trap it and you got to give it back, die don't lie. And, and it's true in the hockey world as well. So that's a matchup to watch out for. I've got my eyes on a potential quarterfinal matchup between number five Liberty and number four UNLV. I think these are two teams that we all wish would maybe meet a little later in the tournament. If all goes well, UNLV is playing the winner of Pitt and Navy and Liberty is playing number 12 Illinois. Uh, Liberty beat the Illini 6-3 to three in their previous meeting. 
at the Chicago Classic. We'll have our eyes on that one. Another headline is how much magic does JCU have left? The Streaks took down Pitt to win their conference title and get an auto bid to the tournament. Uh, one of the rare non-ranked teams to make the tournament. They will take on Maryville in round number one. Maryville is the number 14 seed. They were the hosts of the tournament last year and they do not have to drive far at all for this one being held in St. Louis at Centene. Uh, one matchup that I wanted to highlight, number seven, Adrian taking on number 10, Missouri State in the first round. That's one that I think a lot of people might have picked these two teams to make runs and they're going to face off in the opening round against each other. Adrian, the defending champs, Missouri State, number 10, a team that got hot at points during the year. Uh, shout out to our guy, Louis Shanks, but that one's going to be a good game too. I know Adrian is probably pretty pissed. We highlighted them a couple episodes ago. They had not lost in a while. They were blowing out a lot of teams and they lost to Grand Valley State in their conference semifinal game. So I think the Bulldogs have some vengeance and, you know, they're they're the defending champions. And like my high school coach used to say, you're the defending champion until someone beats you in March. So look for the Adrian Bulldogs to defend their title this time around. I think the biggest question here is, can Lindenwood finish the job? The Lions have not lost to an ACHA opponent all season long. They are 18 and three. Their only three losses have come to NCAA opponents. That was one to Denver and two to Air Force. 18 and three, that's not a lot of games either. The Lions have had a lot of games get canceled this year due to different schedule conflicts, COVID protocols. It's a well-rested team and um, they have pretty much had their way with everyone so far this season. But I do raise a red flag. If history repeats itself, Lindenwood could get upset here. The last two teams to make the jump from ACHA to NCAA Division One both lost in the semifinals. Those two teams are Arizona State and Penn State. In 2015, ASU lost 2-1 to one to Stony Brook in the semifinals. And then in 2012, Penn State lost 5-3 to three to Oakland. Both of those teams knew going into the tournament they would turn NCAA at the start of the next season. I think it, it, it's very interesting here. The other note here is both of those teams, Stony Brook and Oakland, ended up losing in the finals too. So they got the big upset but couldn't get the job done in the finals here. I think Lindenwood is playing with house money here they're making the jump next year they're on home ice have not lost yet to an ACHA team I mean they have been a dominant force all year long Herm I know you've caught a couple of their games just because they play the Bobcats so much this really is the team to beat you could just see at the halfway point like they were getting guys from NCAA teams who were probably not getting a lot of playing time we're like oh hey I'm gonna go jump on at Lindenwood they're going NCAA the same way we saw so many guys transfer and go play at LIU when they started team because if you're not getting playing time somewhere and a new team pops up of why wouldn't you go play there and with the way the transfer portal works nowadays um, you can basically get right on a roster and you're not burning any NCAA eligibility this year either I think all eyes point to the Lions men's D3 I'm going with Arkansas they've got a really good team I watched them play in the tw- the two times they played Missouri State they're a fast-paced team and they didn't get the results they wanted against Missouri State basically had to play on the road last year in Michigan and they lost to Hope College in the final so I think Arkansas is is a team that wants to prove stuff here this time of year so I'm taking the Razorbacks Herm who do you got I'm going with a dark horse here I like the like the boys out west in New Mexico the Lobos I don't think they can lose if their coach wears that bright red suit that is uh it's a hell of a look they're doing something special out in New Mexico it's real cool to watch they got those new white jerseys from Rebirth too that they debuted a couple weekends ago too they look good. Fitz, who are we going with? Murph, I love the Arkansas pick. I was looking at them originally. Saw that you went with them, so I, I audibled. The Lobos is a sick name, but Chippewas is so much better. So I'm going Central Michigan, solely based on 
the name. There we go. And Glick, what are you? Who are you going with? I'm going with defending champions, Hope College. I mean, they're 29 0 and one this year. They're absolutely buzzing. I think they're just going to keep that momentum going and get you know a repeat. All right, and then moving on to women's division two, Herm. What was your thought press here going into this pick? Um, going with Northeastern because they're a high seed and have looked solid from the scores that I've done the research on as I've been looking for blowouts. Awesome. And then Fitz, I see that you're choosing a school that you often like to choose when it comes to these predictions here. (laughs) I was looking at Midland there. I'm going with Adrian. Yeah, I I picked the Adrian girls last year, the D1 team. I got to see them play when we were down there back in my day when I was back in college. When we were at, at Adrian for a few games, we got to see the uh, the women's team play. I believe it was their Division two team, but I like like Adrian here, so I'm, I'm going with the with Adrian. And then Glick, what about you for women's D2? Who's your prediction? So I'm picking Navy just solely because I know they're probably going to be the most physically fit team in their, you know, in women's Division two. I mean, the Naval Academy, they wake up at 6 a.m. and run five miles before their 8 a.m. class, so... I think just especially because they're going to have so many games in such short amount of time, that extra endurance is really going to help them out against other teams. I like the thought process behind that one. Women's Z2, I'm going Lake Superior State. This is solely just because this team lives rent-free on my For You page. They have a lot of content going. Uh, I want to say they're like 25-0-1, something like that. They had a, they're having a really good year, a lot better than they were last year too. So it was a team that got to play but didn't get to have a national tournament last year. Uh, so I like Lake Superior State here. Moving on to Men's Division 2. This one is up for grabs and fits. I think it's no surprise who you're going with here the cream and crimson baby the hoosiers are back it's it's phenomenal just been a crazy season crazy special season like i said earlier it's a tough draw with you mary in the pool they've gone through tough tschl that they won anything can happen here so i'm, I'm pulling for the hoosiers glick we've talked a lot about teams in the southeast in acha division two uh which team are you going with so i'm going with florida gulf coast university i mean i just kind of looked at their schedule and a lot of their losses came early earlier on in the year and they were very close and they've been on absolute tear recently so i think they're going to keep that momentum going into the tournament yeah that was a team we mentioned too they played a lot of road games early on just because of how many teams fled for the chf so that left florida gulf coast without many opponents so they were traveling a lot to the northeast to the midwest to play and showcase cases where they were playing three games in a weekend too so i think those losses aren't aren't surprising when you know the stamina that's required to do that especially early on in the year so i I like that pick herm who are you going with i'm going with fgcu too and echoing a lot of the reasons that glick has said so far plus a big one uh you got to be pretty solid at hockey to wear a hockey jersey that's got like a palm tree pattern on your jerseys and these guys back it up on the ice yeah another good point hard to root against them but i'm gonna go to a different direction here i do think the champion is coming out of this pool Uh, i do not think it's gonna be florida gulf coast though i'm gonna take iowa state here i like the cyclones they had 19 freshmen last year and they went all the way to the final and gave you mary a run for their money i think we could see a potential rematch here and and i like iowa state here at a neutral site taking on you mary um and like i said i think that this is the toughest group 
by far. And I think the team that wins the toughest group usually wins the tournament. So that's why I'm going with the Cyclones. Two more tournaments to go through here. Women's Division One. Glick, who are you going with? I'm again going with the pretty safe choice. I'm going with the defending champions, Liberty. They are undefeated this year. There's nothing else for me to say. I think they're going to keep that going and just, just get another win. I know we don't usually root for Liberty, but I think in this case, it's just a pretty easy choice. I like the Lions here. I think as the five seed, they had a really good run last year on home ice again. We've talked about it. They like playing at Centene. I think they're a little more under radar than their men's team is, and they're going to surprise some people here at the tournament. Herm, you said you had a, a solid reasoning behind your pick. I want to hear it. There's too many Hockey House All-Stars on Minot State not to pick them. Some of the best jerseys in the entire ACHA, and they've been solid throughout this entire year. I'm going with the Beavers. That's a solid pick. I, I, we, we mentioned Oregon's jerseys on this podcast. I think Minot State is in that conversation as well. Like I said, I think Oregon is by far the best, but Minot is up there. Those green jerseys are beautiful. And Fitz, who are we going with? Going back to Michigan again, taking Adrian. If I pick them, you know, both in D2 and D1, I, I got to be right on one of them, right? They're going to have to send you some free merch here for for all this Adrian talk. They're going to, we're going to get to nationals and they're going to hand Herm and I a box. It's going to be all Adrian stuff for me to bring back to Binghamton for you. It just says Fitz and Sharpie on the top. <laughs> Go Bulldogs. <laughs> All right, and now now it's time for Division One predictions. I'm hoping for a really good tournament here. I know there were some problems last year with live streams in Maryville, and I hope at Centene it'll probably. I'm assuming Hockey TV will be on their game, especially at the big rink here. I think bright lights, spotlights on them. It's hard not to pick Lindenwood here. I think they're going to be inspired by Wally lifting the cup last year. They're coming back and they're going to clinch it in their final game at the ACHA Division One level. I think there's a lot of good teams who are going to give them a run for their money, but I think that this is a well-rested a team with a lot of depth uh, that is prepared to win a championship here. Herm, I think you disagree with me, but who do you have? I've got a little upset brewing in my bracket. I've got Stony Brook upsetting Lindenwood, and then my final four looks like this. I've got UNLV out of the top left of the bracket, UCO out of the bottom left, Adrian out of the top right, and then Stony Brook out of the bottom right. UNLV versus Stony in the finals, and Stony taking it all. I think they've got a lot of momentum going from the Asheville Championship. I, I really like their odds this year. Yeah, as, a, as somebody who saw firsthand what Stony Brook can do, I, I think a lot of good guys on that team, a lot of likable guys. I would like to see them go on a run as, as well, and, and, I, and I hope they do. I know I gave my prediction, but there's a lot of guys that I would like to see go on runs here in the tournament just of all the, all the connections we got here. But Fitz, who are you taking? I'm going to agree with you guys that the winner's coming out of the right side. I think that left side of the bracket's looking especially tough. Like we were saying earlier, UNLV and Liberty matching up pretty early we haven't talked much about iowa state but they're definitely a powerhouse coming out of that left side but i'm agreeing that the the, the winner of the whole thing will be coming out of the right side and i'm going with minot state like we said earlier the jerseys are nasty always easier to play in nasty jerseys i know they were two seed coming into the to the tournament so i'm going with minot and i think it would be a really good matchup if if they get to play lindenwood uh, in the semis yeah that's a team that went 4-0 against liberty i think that flew under the radar too because the the fireworks between liberty and unlv but minot came in here at the end of the year and swept them on star wars night back to back i too i was torn i i i like minot too i think that's a team with with a lot of veterans on it and uh, a team that's very mentally tough to come come this time of year and uh, I think they have a bitter taste in their mouths from uh, losing last year so 
I like that pick, and we'll, we'll wrap things up. Glick, who are you going with? So I think on the right side of the bracket, Lindenwood is going to very easily make to the final, but they're going to be upset in the finals against UNLV. I feel that if UNLV is going to be able to defeat Liberty in round two, there's going to be unstoppable for the rest of the tournament. America's team. That's what a lot of people have been calling them all year long. And Nick Flanders and Brendan Manning, a lot of likable characters in that room, a team that has won the Chicago Classic. Uh, a lot of people are saying that that was a, that was a playoff-like atmosphere. Does it translate to St. Louis? We're going to find out. Rebels got a lot of momentum coming into the weekend. And the whole week, I'm, I'm very excited. It'll be good to have the ACHA championships under one roof again this year. I'm sure it'll make for a lot of exciting hockey, and we hope to bring you guys all of the best. As we wrap it up here, though, I just want to give any closing thoughts. Uh, Herm, any storylines you're looking forward to going into the week? Looking forward to hopefully being on the bench for UNLV for UNLV Liberty. That should be a hell of a time. I'm looking forward to the highlight packages that the ACHA media team puts together at the end of the tournament. Those are always really cool to watch. I'm hoping we get a really exciting D2 tournament. I want to catch a lot of women's hockey. I think that we haven't really covered as much as we would like to this season, so I'm hoping to catch some of those games. I want some upsets here. I want one of those teams 16 to 20. I would like to see them go on a run. I think a lot of the time we were talking there, like it's easy to pick those teams in the top eight because I think they're all contenders to make a run at the title, but I'd love to see some upsets early on and some teams go on runs. Click Fitz, any, anything you guys are looking forward to? I think, I mean, Fitz, the, right? The, the Crimson? Yeah, I mean, I, I keep talking about it, but it's a great story. It's It's been um, a, a hell of a ride for him this year. A lot of great guys on the team, so just extremely ex- excited for him. Already super happy for him, but um, really looking forward to see what they can do. Yeah, and, and Glick, I'm sure you're looking forward to a lot of things. I, Herm and I will probably have to get a burger review while we're down there and, and send it to you to, to make sure you get your content covered as well. Yeah, I was going to say, this is going to be like the first gluten-free ACHA burger review that we've had. <laughs> I will definitely be looking forward to the guest review on ACHA burgers. I'll try and see if I can maybe have you guys do a little takeover for that. But um, I'm just excited just overall just to finally have all five tournaments to be under one roof at the same time. I think it'll be great because last year there was kind of all over the place. It's be good this year to have an actual, real, complete ACHA final tournament. Yeah, and, ma- and make sure we haven't mentioned it, but make sure you're subscribing to Hockey TV uh, this week because that is where you're going to find all of the games and you'll get coverage to all of the tournaments. Uh, no matter what team you want to watch, they'll have all of the coverage. Streaming exclusively on Hockey TV. Save $5 with promo code ACHA20. 22 you can save five dollars on a monthly all access pass using that code that's acha 2022 on hockey tv so be sure to check out all the action be sure to send us lots of dms any questions send us some tweets uh we will be down in st louis so we'll have all hands on deck but really looking forward to this week wish everybody the best of luck who will be competing in st louis hopefully some good and exciting hockey as well see you boys see you boys